Hello and welcome to this week's look at action and stunts on film and television. How are you? I hope you're well. Um, normally, I will do um, these podcasts and uh, YouTube shows many weeks in advance. But what's happened here is that uh, last week I saw Oppenheimer at the uh, at the cinema. It was phenomenal. Uh, I urge you to go and see it if you haven't already done so. I was with my dad, and in the evening we had a bite to eat, a couple of beers, and we sat down, and on the TV was Braveheart. And I had forgotten how good it is. It's really great fun. Uh, good story. Um, if you're a fan of history, then you'll have problems with it because there are a number of things that they've kind of made up. But nevertheless, it's enormous fun to watch. I don't think I'd seen it um, since it came out, probably. 95, I remember seeing it in 95 at the cinema. But I don't remember having watched it all the way through since. So getting an opportunity to watch it the other night was terrific it was on bbc4 so there was no um adverts and the whole thing you absorb the whole thing and it's an extraordinary piece of work um the action is really what we're going to talk about because the, what they wanted to do what mel gibson wanted to do in conjunction with uh, mick rogers who is the second unit director on this uh, and credited as one of the stunt coordinators he's also doubles for uh, mel during the picture what he wanted to do the pair of them wanted to do was to create action um that may not have been seen in previous historical period piece epics and try and film it in a very different way so you bring together a team of individuals simon crane uh, is a stunt coordinator on this, on this as well and he was really hot property after i suppose his his aerial work um his aerial stunt on cliffhanger and then coordinating what 19 20 episodes of the young indiana jones chronicles and then he made frankenstein kenneth Branagh's frankenstein um which was again another game changer as far as action was concerned it's an old story it's been done time and time and time again but done in a new way and that kind of sealed his fate for braveheart when he was approached and put everything to one side it was going to be filmed through june and october of 1994 and as I mentioned earlier, Mick Rogers uh, was going to be the second unit director and uh, Mel's double on the picture. They'd probably worked together, I would have thought, 10 years pr prior to that. I, I think it was the Lethal Weapon pictures that, uh, that Mick first started doubling Mel. And um, a good team together. So you've got Simon and Mick, you've got Nick Powell, who's the sword master. He'd be responsible for the techniques uh, of sword play, the type of equipment that they would be using, the type of swords that they would be using. And then uh, in charge of the horses, the horse master is Tony Smart. Um, you couldn't find a finer horse master, particularly at that period of time. 
Um, he was responsible for many, many wonderful action sequences himself uh, on films and television. And so all of the horses, and a huge amount of horses on this picture, but they are his responsibility. And um, a horse is, again, a major factor in the picture. And if you couple that with the action, there you can see that there are very clearly going to be issues around that time. Nowadays, um, if you're working with, with horses and there are stunts involved in ho with horses, there's only so much you can do. There's been a great deal of rule changing um, over the last 20, 30 years, which means that the type of falls that many of these horses are doing, you can still bring horses down on the rain um, the, these are trained horses so the, the, the horses that are for, we have covered this before but there are horses that will be primarily for falling they are falling horses they are trained how to fall and they are trained how to do so on the bit so the rein is pulled in one direction very rarely do you get a horse that falls both left and right. It's normally a horse that falls left or another one that falls right. And they are trained on the bit. The rein is pulled. The head comes around to the point of no return, i.e. where the point of balance changes. And then the horse lies down. That is the basis of it. Now, you do that at speed, or you pick the speed up and uh, in conjunction with the stunt performer on, on his back, you know, it's made to look very, very exciting indeed. There are falls which we have covered in the past. I did a video uh, about them, if you, if you remember, on the YouTube channel. And there are types of falls which were called um, toe tappers and running Ws. Toe tappers controlled by the rider himself herself, themself, um, they get to a certain point, the horse has leather um, hobbles around his uh, legs, and on a certain point, the rider will pull um, a, 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 an additional cord, which will then bring the legs together, causing the horse to fall. In the old days, in the 20s and the 30s, they used to use things called running Ws, which was the same idea, but the cable was attached to a fixed point. So it wasn't the case of um, the rider having control over this and training the horse to get to a certain point. It was very much a case of how much cable do we have? Right, we've got this much. That means that the fall point must be here. Are you a Bond fan? I mean, really a Bond fan. If you enjoy dreaming of what 1991 and 1993 Tim Dalton films would have looked like, or if you have a degree in Octopussy, but still don't know which Fabergé egg is a fake, then the Really 007 podcast is for you. Really 007. We bring an insightful critical and silly take on the james bond films we are proudly part of the pod dojo network and are available for free on itunes and spotify we have regular in-depth reviews of every bond film 
as well as special episodes on different aspects of the series. And some of us are a bit down on the Craig era. Robert. While others are happy to pretend to dislike things just to get cheap laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and join in on the James Bond conversation online. Really don't And so it's a very different kettle of fish and consequently was outlawed and uh, doesn't happen anymore. So you need to develop new ways of being able to create the action. There are numerous battle sequences in this involving the uh, walls of horses. Mick Rogers as second unit director wanting to obtain the best type of shot the most exciting type of shot often it is in conjunction with riding alongside the charging team of horses um, and low-level camera so you get lots of the legs of the horse and the dirt being churned up then there are sequences which are from the location that they are going to often it is Mel Gibson with his group of individuals. They are waiting for these horses. You remember the sequence where he says, hold, hold. He's waiting and waiting for them to get closer and closer and closer and closer. And then they hold up the wooden spears, which the basis of it is that the horses are going to run into these spears and the, uh, the fight will continue from there. Now, the angle in which this is filmed from, from the horizontal, so you're, you're filming across, and it gives the impression that this wall of horses is arriving right on top of these wooden spears. Now, obviously, that's incredibly dangerous. You can't do that. In fact, what's happening is that where the camera angle is, there is a... A bunch of, of, uh, of uh, soldiers to one side and then there are big gaps and when you look at the final footage you will see there are horses galloping through Mel Gibson's men and there are some which are falling and are, uh, their, their riders are then going forward over into the soldiers themselves now to create this Again, this is a moment where Mel Gibson himself said in an interview that he wanted to do something different and always wondered if it was never possible to train a horse to do this. So why don't we just make horses? And everybody went, I'm sorry, what did you mean? He said, well, what I mean is that you create like a rubber horse so we can do what we want to do to the horse and there's no issue at all, and you've got a rider on the top, and then the stunt guy can uh, throw himself one way or the other, depending on what the requirements are, and everything's safe and sound. Now, you think of that, you go, okay, that's a theory. You then have to build a horse that is acceptable within the, the bunch of other horses. All of these other horses, they all look um, very similar, the way that they are dressed, they're different coloured horses, of course, but... They have to act in a way that is plausible. And how do you get a rubber horse to travel 15, 20 feet into a wall of soldiers? 
and what they did in conjunction with the special effects team and the engineers there is they built horses weighted horses that in movement would act in exactly the same way but to get them from point a to point b they are fixed onto a rolling rig that's a bit like dolly track for the purpose of camera work you would fix a camera onto a track and it will then take the appropriate footage it's looking for whilst containing to uh, obtain movement in or around or through objects well they've done exactly the same thing here um i think the figures were about forty five thousand dollars for the track which had to be built and the uh, system which allowed it to be fired from one end to the 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 point where it needs to then dispose of its rider and about twenty five thirty thousand pounds each for the horses to build them and get them to such a state where they can be thrown into a sequence and convincing and that's the main thing to be convincing now to say that um this movie had its fair share of complaints would be an understatement and in particular from the humane society which i find fascinating seeing as they were on set during filming I'd, I'd never understand how there are issues particularly with animals when you have the humane society on set and they're there doing a job for the purpose of the um uh, for the for the purpose of the film company and for the purpose of the animals more importantly to make sure that they are not being mistreated now the animals themselves so tony tony smart the horse master looking after the horses making sure they're all fed and watered and and uh, in the tip-top condition but these animals the ones that are doing the falling the ones that are actually in the thick of the action themselves are not real so there were complaints generated a by the humane society b to the humane society via a number of people who watched the picture um to say that it had over uh, you know a thousand plus complaints would not be an understatement it was fascinating and that still carried through now even people watching it for the first time wince when they see that action but that's the desired effect that's the reason that they wanted this type of action to be in the film. It needs to be real. And for you to have that effect, for you to go, <gasps> that intake of breath, thinking, that, that really they did this to the horse? Now, they do this on a number of occasions in the picture. But they work it in this particularly is is a, a very clever way and you you know you surround it by uh, you cover it up by having other horses and people in the middle of shot so you never see them really and then up close then they do the they do the close camera angle where the horse is falling towards the camera and it's throwing uh, some of the uh, some of the stunt guys off and i think it's a really 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 clever shot it's very well done and um a mark of respect i think to to mel gibson for thinking we can do this but we, we don't injure the horses you know so let's come up with something that really works on screen and when you look at that sequence that's exactly what it does it's absolutely fascinating i think to look at that 
um, and to think they've created that in such a way that it's it's making everything look you know as real as can be there's a sequence later on as well where um he rides a horse up through some steps onto the top of a turret and then jumps the horse into the water now again rubber horse and simon crane is in fact doing the doubling on this particular occasion mick rogers doesn't do this one i don't believe um but that that's the that's the thing is that you don't you only see the horse briefly so the the edit between um the real horse the real actor and then the cut to the mid-air there's a couple of cuts on the way down so you see it from the top and then the side and then the back and then then there's the splash in the water so again very cleverly done and not something that you want to be doing you know so you think outside the box how can we do this and bear in mind that only um 10 or so years before then uh, Vic Armstrong had done a similar exercise on Never Say Never Again with Tracy Edden on his back and the horse trained to um, fall from a tip tank into the water below and then swim to shore and again all of this done and worked out to the nth degree to make sure that the horse was fine and everything was fine and the humane society were perfectly fine with it they didn't have a problem but a, a lot of the people watching the picture did and subsequently i think it was the video release where that was missing that particular sequence was missing but they didn't do that here um they have a, a remarkable action picture and there are a number of really fabulous little sequences um, which we will look at in more detail on Friday. I also wanted to mention that on the credits, there are 24 credited stuntmen on this picture. And that's absolutely fine. I, there may be additional stunt people, perhaps. I've never really understood the whole idea about credits. It's very peculiar. Um, nowadays, they have people who are admin for the stunt team who presumably will collate all of the information because they know exactly who's on the picture, names, and more importantly, they know bank details because they're going to pay them and they have to have all of the appropriate details. Everybody working on the picture, particularly in the stunt department, will get a credit. But then, back then, that was never the case. So it's important to mention uh, that... There's Abby Collins uh, is a stunt woman who works on the picture, and uh, uh, doubles uh, Murren, who of course is uh, um, um, Mel's um, William Wallace's wife uh, in the picture, if only briefly, Miss um, McCormick. And of course, that there's a sequence there where the horse is smacked on the backside and he says go off and i'll meet you somewhere and she rides off and then she is hit by a soldier with a with a, uh, a wooden pole and and throws her out of the saddle well that's abby collins doing that and there's no credit on the picture there so i think that's um a miss certainly but again these different times you know nowadays when you suddenly see that there are 275 stunt people working on a picture and you go wow that's what happens Everybody now gets, you know, 99.99% out of 100. Everybody gets a credit. Whereas then it says 24. I'm suspecting there are a great many more than that 
who might have done a day here and a day there but didn't get credited but Abby doesn't get a credit at all uh, which I think is is uh, an oversight possibly in that department but it's a fabulous movie I urge you if you haven't seen it go and see it let's regroup on Friday and we will go through some of the little sequences we'll have a look at the action we'll see how it was done we'll name some names and point out some faces like we usually do and uh, you know they can take away everything but they can't take away your freedom remember that and we will see you on friday for more of the same bye for now